If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. All right, so this episode of Mind Pump, we talk all about obstacle course racing. We talk about the races themselves, but also how to get your body ready to do an obstacle course race or look like you're ready. Because a lot of people want to look like obstacle course racers. You know, that long, lean type physique, muscular but not too muscular, functional, can move really well. So we talk about the history of obstacle course racing, how they started, why they're so popular. Like, why are they so popular today? Why are people signing up to do these incredibly challenging races? We talk about the attributes that you would need to do a successful obstacle course race. And then we break down the training. How would you want to train your body to get in this kind of physical fitness shape? What do the workouts look like? How should you structure it? What are the exercises you want to focus on? And then we also reveal that we came out with a MAPS obstacle course racing program. MAPS OCR. It's our newest program, brand new launch. Here's the best part. We wrote it with decorated obstacle course racing champion, Amelia Boone. It's a brand new MAPS program. It involves everything, strength training, durability training, endurance type training. There's toughness for your grip, for your body. There's practice test days. So we teach you how to test your body during the week to see how well you'll perform when you do the obstacle course race. Now, because it's a brand new launch, it's going to be discounted. Okay. So we're doing $30 off for all new people enrolling. And for a limited time, you'll get a free t-shirt and Gooder sunglasses. Those are the sunglasses that uh, sponsor Amelia Boone. They're great, durable sunglasses, and they look cool. Oh, and also, for the first 300 people who enroll in this, you'll get 10% off your first Spartan race when you go to the page to sign oh, up. Yeah. So here's what you do if you want to get this brand new MAPS OCR program. Just go to mapsocr.com and use the discount code OCR30, no space, to get you $30 off and to get you the free t-shirt, the gooder sunglasses while supplies last, and 10% off Spartan Race while supplies last. This promotion will be uh, lasting till September 1st. So the promotional rate, September 1st. So make sure you act quick because after that, the price will go up to its retail rate. Uh, and that's it. Here we are talking about obstacle course racing. I have something I want to talk to you guys about. What's that, Adam? We uh, I have no idea what you're about to say. We have yeah, um, we didn't plan this at all. We 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 we've had a few things on this show that we've talked about that we've kind of changed our minds on what how we feel about it. And a topic that we've had guests on, we've talked a little bit about it, and I know we've openly ad addressed that we, we've kind of switched our way of thinking uh, about it. But we haven't gone into detail about the pros, the cons, um, you know, how to train for any of that. But this thing that everyone thinks is a phenomenon right now, which is obstacle course racing. Oh, yeah. Oh, phew, I thought you were going to say CrossFit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like we changed our mind. <laughs> yeah. No, you're, you're, yeah, no, you're, you're right. right. We, we, our stance on obstacle course racing um, totally changed. I, I remember uh, what happened. I mean, in, in our old episodes, some of our original episodes, people would ask us about it and we weren't like anti, it wasn't like we were anti obstacle course racing, but 
we compared it to just how I thought it was kind of silly. Yeah, and we have client. You know, we would have all these clients that the way that they would motivate themselves to work out was by signing up for a marathon after marathon or race after race or event after event. And so that was kind of our stance on it. And then we went to our first obstacle course race. We got invited by uh, Joe Decina, right. who uh, one of my favorite interviews. Great guy, great storyteller. And the energy surrounding obstacle course racing, uh, the just the environment that was there, the people that were there, and also understanding the real value mm-hmm. of that kind of racing. Well, you know, something about us is that you know, when we when we get into something too like this, like the nerd, I think in all of us, like starts to kind of dive more into it. Like, okay, okay, there's more to this. Like, yeah, what is this phenomenon? And when about? you start to unpack uh, where it came from and the history of it, it makes a lot of sense why it's so popular today, especially in this climate. Right, because you look at the environment, and you look at the daily habits that you have, and like uh, you know the limited amount of activity you're doing, and how comfortable it is in terms of you know whether it's cold, whether it's hot. Like we can control all those factors now. Yeah, I mean, life is very easy now. In compared, I don't mean to make light of anybody's struggles. Um, there's definitely challenges that we encounter today, but I think generally speaking, I can make the statement that modern life is far easier and less dangerous and less strenuous than it was 100 years ago, 200 years ago, and definitely uh, easier than it was 1,000 years ago. Um, it's just a lot easier. And the thing that we're starting to realize is that struggle is kind of what gives our lives meaning. We need to have it. In fact, if we don't have struggle, we tend to become anxious and depressed. And so it's crazy that that people are seeking out struggle, like they're signing up for these obstacle course races. Well, think about, I mean, you got to share the history a little bit because it was what, like 1917? Oh, before that. I mean, it got, it was before that. But mil- it got really popularized in like the 19th, right? Around yeah. The early, yeah, early 20s or 17 around there. Yeah, obstacles were first put together to train um, militaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is when yeah, generals- Combat training. Yeah, and generals were trying to come up with ways to you know, improve the- battle preparedness of their soldiers who had never fought in war. And so they thought, okay, how can we get these people physically ready and mentally ready to fight in battle? And that's where we see some of the, you know, uh, historical references to the first uh, obstacle courses um, where soldiers would go through, they'd run, they'd climb, they'd lift, they'd go through water and crawl under things and jump over things and carry each other. To kind of get them uh, ready. Many of the obstacles look exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, they, 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 exactly the same. Like I didn't know that until we started diving into it and kind of doing the research on the history. And when you look at many of the obstacles that we were watching when we went to our first Spartan race, they're identical to what they were doing all the way back in like 1970. They're very, very similar. Here, okay, so there was a. I pulled this up. There was a uh, a training camp manual. Uh, written Army Field. This is in 1917. It was called Army Field Physical Training of the Soldier, and it ha- in it had a recommended obstacle course for soldiers. It was a hundred yards long, and it had it involved a it involved ditches, hurdles, fences, sandbag climbs, and and walls that you had to climb, and runs that were elevated, and all that kind of stuff. And in, in the book, here's a quote from it. It's like, sprint 10 yards to a three-foot hurdle, sprint 15 yards to a smooth wire entanglement 10 feet wide, 
and it says arms must be folded while crossing the entanglement. Hands may not be used. Sprint 15 yards to a ramp five feet high, immediately joining, which is – so this is just in the in the book. And that's when they kind of became popular. But again, it became popular in the military as a way of getting people in shape. And I think part of the popularity came from the physical aspects, you know, got people fit. The other part of the popularity for the military was the how they were encouraged to encourage each other and work together. Mm-hmm. So what you see in a lot of these obstacle courses was – you're running to climb over a wall, but you have to work with the people next to you and with you. You're only and, as strong as your weakest link. Yes. And, and a lot of modern obstacle course races kind of involve that, right? Like mm-hmm. I know with Spartan, people will run as teams. No, they, and and they, help, they, they, encourage, they encourage the helping of others too. They do. Yeah. And this is where I see the big value. Now, now don't get me wrong. Uh, obstacle course racing, getting ready for one and doing one, you got to be fit. You got to mm-hmm. kind of be tough. You're dealing with a lot of different things. I, I would even make an argument that there's an, another element that it's the the mental fortitude. That's it. Oh, that's yeah. where I really it's see a huge the value. Component. Th- yeah. that, to me, that's and and I think that's also why we are so drawn to it today. Mm-hmm. Totally, because it's it, in the last decade, just in the last ten years, this has exploded. Sure, I mean, some people think it just was invented in the last ten years. It wasn't just invented; it was around a long time ago. But as far as to the general population, it has exploded. Now, why is it that all of a sudden these engineers and lawyers and you know, because that's guys, who's doing these races, yeah, right? Totally, They've never had dirt under their nails, right? And I, I think it's because. You know, and it and it's been amazing that we live in this time that we can be at our house and order our food, mm-hmm. and we don't have to go anywhere. We can search and figure everything out by the by our fingertips with our phone. And so I think that because we we don't see the same adversity that just even our parents' generation and for sure our grandparents' generation had to deal with, because they they would probably I feel like my my parents' parents. If they saw us doing obstacle course racing, they would like be like, "What the fuck? Yeah, just get yeah. out, get, get out, out the, on the farm. Yeah, yeah, I got plenty of shit to do out there in the yard. Till the fields, right? Yeah. That'll that'll kick your ass all day if you want to. But because we're that's so foreign. It, you know what it reminds me of? Um, one of my favorite movies of all time, Fight Club. You guys remember Fight Club? I love that so movie. Dude. That's an old movie. It's a classic. If you haven't seen it, you got to watch it. But in the movie, and it's a great movie. I won't give it away. But in the movie. One of the characters is just, he's living the ho-hum, day-to-day life. You know, show up at the office. Buying everything on as seen on TV. Yeah, do your job, you know, go home, eat your your TV dinner or whatever, go to bed, rinse, repeat. And he's just like, I'm just not feeling alive. And so what he does is he ends up, uh, and this is part of the premise of the movie, he, he creates this fight club where guys meet up and fight each other and become friends and it's through the struggle and challenge that they find value in this fight club. It's kind of like that, right? No, 100%. It's like, it's like you, you, and this it's is exhilarating. Re- it is. It's like, you know, that I think that's 100% why they're so popular is because people are doing their day-to-day desk jobs. They're, feel, they're not feeling alive. Part of feeling alive is the struggle. Adversity. It's adversity. It's challenge. And so people are... They're, they're signing up for these races. Getting prepared for one of them is hard training. Mm-hmm. So now you're, you're busting your butt. You're motivated to work out. They sound scary. They really do. Spartan races can be rough and difficult. I mean, the one we went to and visited in Tahoe, I mean, it was it's up at altitude. Right. They're swimming in freezing cold lake water. They're climbing. They're crawling people, in the mud. I mean, they, they look like they're going through battle. So it's like you're preparing Getting mentally shocked. for this thing. Yeah. 
Then you sign up for it. You go. You do it with your friends. And you go through this incredibly difficult challenge together. And then at the end of it, you survived. And it's just an amazing feeling. And it's why, and, and it's why so many people enjoy doing these. Well, it's also why... We flipped the script on how we felt about it. Totally. That's I, it right there. I remember when Joe explained this. I'll, yeah. I re- totally vividly remember when I was like, oh, I think we probably even said it in the podcast. Like, oh, I changed my mind now. Yeah. Like that makes total sense. And I see incredible value for that now. Like originally my my trainer fitness brain looked at it like just X's and O's. Like, yeah. Just pure fitness. Like pure. If, if, my, if my client wants to lose body fat or wants to build muscle, is obstacle course racing yeah. the best thing? And, and the, I didn't see where that fit. Right. The, my, the trainer brain in me goes yeah, like, like, it's safer to be in the gym. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, no, absolutely not. I could program something in the gym that would get them faster to whatever their goal was. But when Joe made the case of where our society is at today and what we're seeing, and what this type of obstacle course racing provides for them and the value that it adds on the side of the mental aspect was when I went, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, now now you've got me sold on the idea. And, and, and now it makes sense why so many people are flocking and drawn to doing it. They're exploding. You know, 2010 is when Tough Mudder first came out. Spartan was shortly after Warrior Dash. And between 2010 to now, it, they have become a global... Phenomenon. phenomenon all over the world yeah. global phenomenon and it's of course it's in these in these developed nations and again it's because people are seeking that challenge they're seeking it out now i also think there's another side of it as well which is and this is what makes a lot of these phenomena these fitness phenomena popular when you see people who follow and do these races and do well they look the way people want to look and i think that's a very motivating factor for some people like you know what it's challenging it's a little scary, which is exciting, right? Things that are scary tend to be exciting. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can do this. And wow, look at those people. Look how fit they look. Because the yeah. reality is, if you do, if you get ready for an, for an obstacle course race and you complete one, your fitness level is way better than it was before when you were sitting on, the, on at your desk or just doing your normal two, three days a week at the gym. You have an incredible fitness level. So what I think I want to talk about is I, I want to cover the attributes. Like what does it take to do one of these races? What does it take to compete? Well, how do you train for something like this? How do you get ready for an obstacle course race? Well, the first one that comes to mind that I think you have to have is is endurance. Yeah. Mm. Um, Just stamina, right? Right. The, and I, that, I think that you'll see when it first kind of got popular, uh, the athletes that were winning the races that were at the top tend to be the ones that converted over from like a, an endurance sport. Right. Mm-hmm. So initially when it was new to kind of the, the general pop and people started flooding into it and, you know, it became competitive and we were seeing winners and people that were winning on a regular basis, it tended to been, it, tend, it seemed to be the, the men and women that had already experienced other endurance sports. Yeah, like that, yeah, that gets you to point A to point B the most effective. Right. Those ones really excel. It's you know it's kind of cool when I think you now as we're sitting here talking about it, it kind of reminds me because this was during our, you know, God, we're getting old now. We've watched many modalities, you know, <laughs> be created. And I, I think of MMA, right? Mm-hmm. When MMA first started, like it was you know, this it was like a, a type of fighter, a boxer versus a wrestler, and we we got to see that, and you'd see who would emerge to be the greatest, and then eventually the ones that now it's like if you're going to be at the top of 
UFC. You gotta have it all. You gotta have it all, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of like I feel like the evolution that we saw with the Tough Mudder and the Spartan races is, you know, right out the gates for sure. Endurance is like one of the most key components. Right. So if you had an endurance background, you get dropped into. It's because it's necessary, right? Like without in, yeah, like a lot of the rock climbers and and people that had really like solid grip strength and endurance. Oh, that yeah. was another wave of of racers that would. Go oh yeah, through. we're gonna go there. We're gonna get there first for sure. But I do want to go back to just pure endurance. Without endurance uh, in stamina, you're dead with OCR. I don't care how strong you are, how great you are at whatever. That's a that's a that's a necessary. Yeah, it's going to stop you in your tracks. That's why the endurance athletes at first did the right. best. I mean, it, you, was, it was it's like it's again back to MMA. If you didn't know jujitsu, you were dead. So it was the guys who had the best jujitsu. Now it's like okay, well you get everybody knows that you got to have everything else too. So running is a component. Running and that kind of endurance is stamina as well as muscular endurance. Is a component. If you're training for OCR, running is going to be a part of your training. You can't mm-hmm. get around that. It's just a big part of it. I mean, you start the race by running. In between obstacles, you're running. Uh, there's you're running at least a few miles. And as you progress through the stages, like Spartan has, you run more and more each one. Absolutely. And running is a foundational, fundamental, uh, physical, uh, you know, pursuit for humans. This is actually one of the things that humans now. The modern people don't do it very well because we never practice it. But we actually evolved to run. We, we're, we're phenomenal distance runners if we're fit and we practice it. So if you practice and do it well, running can actually be a pretty awesome thing. It's just not something that, you know, for regular fitness, I think people should just totally rely on. But when it comes to OCR training, uh, uh, training you better have endurance. How about mental toughness? you got to have mental toughness. That's yeah. a huge one. The mud, the cold – the elements. I mean, when we went up to Tahoe, it was freezing, mm-hmm. so it was already cold. We're at elevation. There's there's mud. You're running in the dirt. All the elements. You're falling in freezing water. Right. You're you're grabbing objects that are rough and hard. Like you can basically. Be fit. There's nothing comfortable about this entire experience <laughs> at all. And so it's it's a word I I miss this word grit. It, yes. That is that is a word that you don't you don't see. I don't look at somebody these days and go, "Oh my god!" Like look at the grit, look at the amount of mental fortitude this person has uh, to endure and to weather through these these challenges. And I think that that is a very desirable attribute that a lot of people just don't consider these days. Yes. Well, yes. I think we I think that's it. I think we we tend to to lack that today. And I know, unfortunately, this has been. Um, picked on with like millennials, right? And we and we tend to point at like a, a generation. And I think it's less of the generation and it's more of a result of just our times. So I think it's it's gotten We're the, as tough as we need to be. Right. Exactly. We 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 don't have to be mentally tough a lot of times. And because of that, it's made a lot of us weak, regardless of what your your age is. And so I know uh people tend to pick on and point at that generation, but it's more about what's happened in our time, which is this is to me of all the cases that we'll make about uh, OCR and the positive benefits and all the attributes that come from it, what it takes to be a great OCR racer, in my opinion, this is the most important piece or the most valuable piece to it. Because you could be a person who gets in shape in the gym and you know build some muscle, lose some body fat, and never really challenge your mental toughness. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if you make a really good job, make put together a very good balanced diet and you exercise intelligently, you can build a pretty aesthetic and healthy physique and never really stretch yourself 
mentally. Mm-hmm. Like you really won't. I mean, you don't have to. Not it's not necessary. Where this is necessary in something like this, it's going to challenge you somewhere. Whether it's the temperature, like you mentioned, Justin, with the diving through the freezing cold water, or being uncomfortable crawling under bob wire, or whatever it may be, or the endurance of just the race. Like there's definitely something that's going to challenge you mentally. And I think that we just we lack that today mm-hmm. in today's times, well, and just, I think it's so valuable. Yeah, just individually, like when the shit hits the fan, are you going to crumble? Like I, I just feel like it's a life skill. Like this is something that, uh, you, you know, you, you definitely can can get elements of that within the gym. Like you can go in there and just you know the consistency and the way that you're building your body and you know being resilient. Uh, you know, that's part of it, but this is one of those where it like the intensity of it is definitely higher. Well, this is, you know, for me, this is new for me to think like this, being a father now, um, which is another reason why I'm kind of more pro all of this is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly now thinking about like, you know, the phone and the, and the TV and computers and it being around my son all the time. And, you know, I don't want him to see dad doing all that. I don't want him to have bad behaviors. And I can't help but think about, you know, Spartan and OCR and Tough Mudder and the, these obstacle course races and think, man, and I love that they, they're they they're actually doing it for kids also. I don't know if you guys know that, but yeah. all, all of them mm-hmm. have like a little mini version for all the kids. I love to that. Do. It's, it's multi-generational. It's, and it's, and, you know, what a great thing to, to teach my son in the early years. So let him, let him play with some of that adversity and feel that at an early age which I can see really how easily you can as a parent right now, you know, turn to the the Netflix and chill or the iPad to the iPhones to be the babysitter. And you have no idea what you're, you're training your kid, you're training them to be soft. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I see a lot of value in this for me for, man, when that time comes that I can get him involved in something like this for the mental toughness. Man, if he if he faces that or goes through something like that with his dad and experiences that at a very young age, then it'll be probably much easier for him to make that that mental toughness connection in other parts of his yeah, life. And, and it's important to understand that all these attributes that we're listing are things that you can train to improve upon. And mental toughness is one of those things that you can definitely train to improve upon. And one of the ways you train to improve upon is you can you challenge it. You consistently and constantly challenge it. And just like anything else, like if I want to get stronger, I challenge my strength. It gets a little better, and then I challenge it more. Same thing with mental Dude, toughness. Great point. You know, something about that too. There's a right way to do that, and there's a wrong way to just do like that. Just like anything else. And you and, break yourself, you're not going to get more mentally tough. Right. You become more mentally weak. There, that, I'm so glad you brought yep. that up, Sal, because there's there's a fine line between training for mental toughness and making a martyr of yourself. And so I think that's where what happens sometimes is. People, people understand that, especially like, and I know Justin can identify with this, like with sports, like, you know, when you're a, a, a high school football kid, like you, your coach tries to instill this in you, this mental toughness, this grit. Right. And sometimes that, that understanding of mental toughness and grit can be taken too far to where it becomes, you just punish yourself every single time you're in the gym. And then that actually ends up being adverse, right? It mm-hmm. ends up being count, counterproductive because you you think that you're you're chasing the mental toughness and grit so much that you're actually overreaching too much and you're actually st- setting yourself back more than you're taking steps forward. So there is a very there's a there's a there's a fine line between how do I stretch myself to to actually 
get that mental toughness, but then I actually don't hurt myself or right. take a step back physically. Just where does like that anything? line exist where it's still benefiting me and it's not taking me out of that? Absolutely. Right. Just like anything else. Now, let's talk about grip. Uh, uh, Justin, you touched upon this. I did. When interviewing uh, top OCR racers, Amelia Boone, good friend of ours, love her. Um, talk to her. Talk to other friends of ours who race in these races. Oh, you remember the first time you shook Ben Greenfield's hands? Oh yeah, he's like a he's like he's like, a, he's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, an, like a, he's like a monkey. Paw. Yeah, yes. he's got like these big <sighs> monkey strong hands. And when you ask them, like, what's the what's one of the the reasons why people fail at these races? Like, what's what tends to be the weakest link? And it's their hands. It's grip. And if you look at these obstacles, you realize why. There's a lot of hanging and swinging and climbing involved. And if your hands aren't strong enough to handle it, you're dead. You could have all the endurance in the world and all the other physical strength, but your hands fail, you are totally done. And it reminds me of when I would you know, compete in judo or jujitsu or wrestling, and it's like you could have all the stamina and strength, but once your grip was gone, yeah. you had nothing because it. it's what connects you to everything it's else. It's interesting, too. I can't help but think how, how fascinating that is that they had the awareness way back when, when they first were doing this to make grip strength a, a, a challenge, right? That that would be the limiting factor for a lot of people. And we've talked, we just recently did an episode the other day about how that's a great indicator of somebody's uh, strength. Overall strength. Is yeah. th how well that they, they have their grip strength it's is. It's what connects you to the world. And if you can't hold something, you can't lift it. That's just the bottom line. It doesn't matter how strong the rest of your body is. Mm -hmm. If the thing that holds it is too weak, then you can't lift it. It's literally the thing that connects us to everything. And so it makes sense that these obstacle course races would challenge our modern baby hand grips. I mean, what do we do with our hands nowadays? The hard, We don't even open windows anymore in cars. Remember I car get window? Nintendo thumb and I cry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Remember car windows where you had to turn the knob yeah. or whatever? I feel like people would gas out trying to do that nowadays. Bro, we don't, e we don't even lift weights like we used to lift weights. Right, that's right. We've actually, if you look at, and and I hate to say it because I, I do like a lot of them and stuff like that, but we've we've even tried to make lifting weights easier with the Versa grips, the wrist wraps, the the bars that contour to your Gloves, hands and yeah. stuff. Yeah, so we've even made like the 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 lifting so much easier by eliminating mm -hmm. the hands having to do most of the work, and it has you have no idea how crippling that is one of the, in the pursuit yeah. of of having good grip strength. One of the ways you can always tell if somebody's physically tough, and I don't mean just strong and fit and all that stuff. I mean physically tough. Like somebody has actually tested their body in the real world. You just got to look at their hands. Man or woman, just look at the hands. Go shake the hand of a farmer from Iowa or go shake the hand of a bricklayer who's been working with their hands for a long time and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's it's like you're holding a different it's like a different species of hand. It's tougher, it's thicker, it's stronger and it's got it's way calloused. more and it's got way more stamina in its hands. And I'm going to tell you something right now, if you want to race and do well and not hurt yourself in an obstacle course race, you better have strong hands. But what about for other people? What about for people who are like, look, I don't care about obstacle course racing. I just want to get fit in the gym. Strong hands makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. Strong hands will allow you to lift more weight. It'll allow you to control and connect to better muscles and, and the exercises that you're doing, it'll improve your mobility. It'll reduce the, one of the more common complaints nowadays of, of chronic pain involves the wrists and the elbows and the elbows being the top of the forearm muscles that connect. 
hand people's hands are just weak too weak yeah. period but if you're going to do an OCR race you better get strong hands or you're dead oh any screwed. little inclination of uncertainty that the that signals the body that oh well I don't know if I could really support this and it's not a super firm grip your body's not going to produce as much force and, and as much power to uh, lift that weight so if anything it's a massive performance enhancement that's right now cla- now here's here's a you know, we talked about martial arts earlier classic martial arts uh, that you know when when they were teaching you to fight and they would train without gloves classic uh, karate is a good example certain forms of kung fu they place a lot of emphasis on hand strength and toughness a lot now the reason why they did this is because they didn't wear gloves now oftentimes you'll see someone who's box who's a boxer and boxers have phenomenal punching power phenomenal technique some of the best strikers in the world are boxers but you watch a boxer get in a street fight and what they often do break their hand first punch yep. because they're constantly training with gloves on they have everything taped and wrapped up so hands are extremely important Bruce Lee always talked about how strong your hands and grip need to be because it's it made you a more effective human being so I think we've made the point that you got to have good grip toughness now I have a story that's going to illustrate what what I what I want to cover next uh, with obstacle horse racing I remember going to work with my dad as a teenager I've, I've, I would go to work with him as a kid and as I got older, he would take me every summer. Summer and I feel, once, like, I feel like I could tell this story. Probably, it might be one of the stories. <laughs> I've, told, I've told a lot of these stories. This, right? is, the, this is the cement mixing story. Well, I feel like no, coming. it's not that one. Oh shit! Uh, okay, no, 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 okay. No, no, no. But that's a, that's that's that will exemplify this as well. But I, I, as a kid, I was you know 16 or 17 years old. I've already been lifting weights now for a few years. Pretty strong kid at the age of 16, 17. I can deadlift 400 pounds. I have a 200-pound bench press. I'm a pretty strong kid at this point, but I've been training for a long time. And I go to work with my dad, and he would just destroy me on things like swinging a hammer, carrying buckets of cement. He would he would have a trowel with a big pile of cement on it, and he'd fling it on the wall. And he I would just fatigue so quickly. And I'd watch my dad do this stuff, and he would just destroy me and kill me. And I knew it wasn't because he was necessarily stronger than me, although my dad was very strong. It was just, there was something else. And I remember talking to my dad about this, and my dad looked at me and says, you don't have the skill. You don't have the technique or the skill. And I remember it being mind-blowing, like, oh, of course, he does this all the time. Mm -hmm. He has incredible skill. If you want to do good in obstacle horse racing, you got to get good at the skills of obstacle horse racing. So you you can be really strong, great grip strength, lots of endurance and stamina and toughness. But if you don't have the skill of climbing a wall or the skill of running right. or the skill of carrying things or crawling or whatever, you're probably not going to do yeah, very well. Yeah, the quicker well. your body can recognize how to navigate in those situations, then obviously, yeah, that that requires uh, an, an education of the skill that it, that of going through that. So it has to you have to introduce that quite frequently. Right, right. So part of your training should be in practicing and strengthening skills that you're going to be you know incorporating in your obstacle course racing that means you'll need to practice carrying things hanging from things you need to practice running uh, at different speeds at sprints at angles um, so that you can become a better racer now for somebody who is not interested in, in in doing obstacle course race well all of these practicing of skills is novelty and how many times have we talked about on the show that just changing the novelty gets the body to or, or or introducing novel ways of doing the same stuff. Oh yeah, uh, just gets a the new body stimulus to re- could take you out of whatever you know sort of rut or plateau or wherever you are currently. It may propel you forward. Absolutely, I feel like that story also highlights uh, with your dad durability. Oh yeah, 
because that's a, yeah. that's another attribute. And I, honestly, this is something that um, this was something that I feel like Justin really introduced to me as as a personal trainer. Like, of course, I understand durability, but never did I have a client like come to me and be like, "I want to be more durable, Adam." And I go, "Okay, let me write you a program on how to be more durable." <laughs> and I ever I never had to really do that. And maybe that's because I didn't train as many athletes as probably Justin did. And that's definitely something that an athlete would be looking for. And so when him and I started working out more together and he was the one that kind of really introduced me to exercises like farmer carries and stuff like that. And he would be constantly telling me like, dude, this is like, you want, you want durability. Like this is, you want to train exercise like this, you know, and, and you, people see a movement like that. And we get asked all the time, like, well, what muscles are you working when you do farmer carries or what muscles are they for? Cause we're so trained to think like the body, bodybuilder mentality, mm -hmm. But nobody talks about the, the the benefits of durability and the carryover that that has to overall strengths and aesthetics and performance. And that, to me, is something that— And you're talking about literally your body is more durable. Right. This is different than mental toughness. I think they're connected. Yes. Yeah. But this is literally yeah. that I could go and do a bunch of physical stuff and not hurt myself. Mm -hmm. And I could do it again the next day. That's durable. It's no different than buying a product— that's durable, like a pair of shoes that's durable. Like you can run and walk with them long distance and they still look new after using them for, you know, a few months or whatever. Yeah, it's sort of a different mentality than you think of typical cardio versus like just carrying something for a long period of time. You know, like and I know some people have also coined it as like work capacity, like building up your work capacity, your yeah. engine. So you just have this constant motor, this gasoline fueled motor that you could just barrel through whatever, you know, sort of obstacles in your way. And so that's a totally different mentality. What do you think you guys you would you guys break it down like that's a lot more of the like the central nervous system that's being being touched on like because you're having to do something that's strenuous like carrying a, a big old heavy bucket of sand for you know a mile or whatever like that like sure you know that's not that bucket of sand isn't super super heavy for you but it's heavy enough to be challenging and then to carry it over a long period of time what do you think that is you think that's the uh, almost like you're training endurance for the central nervous system. Like, how would you explain the the science that would I explain would, durability or work capacity? I would say it has to do with a lot of factors. I think that's part of it. Uh, is is having a CNS that is uh, has been trained well enough to be able to adapt and not crash when being stressed. Um, when when being stressed out, there's also technique that's involved. You know, mm -hmm. carrying that bucket of sand. Uh, if you carry it in the wrong way, you're going to rip skin off of your wrists and your, your stomach after it's resting on your body. So you have better technique. Well, technique promotes efficiency. Yes. And so like going through that, yeah, you, you learn ways of being more efficient the longer you kind of go through that process. It, it, it becomes more clear that if I just move my body at this angle, it relieves a lot of stress and tension within the muscles and joints. Right. I, I just think of it like this, like you could be a, you could be a guy who trains and he's I mean, he could snatch 300 and something pounds and he could do it explosively and fast and he does it a bunch of times in a workout and that same guy could break down carrying a, a bucket of sand for one mile, yeah, yeah. right? Because mm -hmm. it's different, right? And, yeah. and, and I guess I'm trying to get to how I can simplify this for the audience to kind of get an understanding of it's not the same thing, right? There's a different, a different, uh, not a different modality, but a different adaptation that you are chasing I, after. I, I think it's 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 hard. It's going to be hard to quantify because I feel like it's so many different things mm -hmm. uh, that contribute to it. But it's much more simple to explain in terms of training. Like, how do you make yourself more durable? You test your durability. 
You test your durability in an appro- in appropriate ways and slowly improve your body, just like you would for strength, stamina, speed, or anything else. I, you I, just slowly test. I it. guess maybe another. I'm, I'm really trying to wrap my brain around making this easy for the audience. You know, and and when I'm I'm picturing it now too, with with durability comes kind of challenging multiple systems, right? So if I'm going to carry a bucket of sand for a mile. That requires strength. Mm. It requires mental toughness, stability. Stability. It, it, it's kind of encompasses everything, right? Maybe that's maybe that's really what is it. That a makes better- a lot of sense because if you're just tons of endurance, but you're weak, right? You're not going to be very durable, right? If well, you're really strong with no endurance, you're also not that durable. Yeah, I wonder. I'm, I'm terrible with analogies, but I wonder if this is going to fly. Um, <laughs> Preparing yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm thinking of like a diesel truck, you know, something that has a lot of torque, but, you know, it has, you know, the ability to travel along distance. Might not go like super, super fast, but it just, it has the ability to work through with, with lots of load. Yeah. Uh, versus like another car that's like built like for gas efficiency or, you know, for speed, you know, and just pure power. Right well, that's what I think it is. It's, it's, it's all the attributes that we're talking about right now over time. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, like yeah. It's, it's the distance. It's, it's the like time. it's like it's all the attributes that we've gone over. It's the grip strength. It's the stamina. It's the endurance. It's the overall strength. It's all of those the mental things. toughness. Mental toughness mm-hmm. over time or over distance. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the combination of all of those. Great explanation. Right. I think, and, that, and that's all I was trying to do because you hear durability and we can throw that around all day long. But your average person, like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. What, how do I train for that inside the gym? And it is, you know, you're, you're, and it's what, and I'm thinking in my head, what exercises am I programming when I do that? And mm-hmm. I, and I'm using farmer carries because that's an easy one that most people know what that is. And think about that. That's mm-hmm. mental toughness there. That's grip there. That's strength there. That's mm-hmm. endurance there. That's stamina there. And they're all being trained at one time. And your central nervous system, right? All those, all those things, all those attributes that we're talking about that are important to being a good Spartan racer or OCR racer. Those things are important. I think durability is the example of all of them being challenged at once for time or distance. Great explanation. Yep. Yeah, and one thing that I love about um, different types of physical pursuits is when I observe the athletes that perform well in those physical pursuits, you see kind of a difference in the look. Like you can see what those physical pur- – first you can see what kind of genetics lend themselves well to whatever particular sport or physical pursuit – but then you also see what kind of a physique it develops. You know what I'm saying? Like right. if you swim a lot, your body tends to develop differently than if you run a lot or you bike a lot or if you do bodybuilding a lot or powerlifting a lot. You tend to develop kind of a different looking body. Now, genetics play a big role in this, but I think it's safe to say that training for a particular sport, you're trying to change your body to look to, to move in the ideal way, and that has a corresponding look. Wouldn't you guys agree? Well, yeah, I would yeah. I would say OCR training is one of those things that I think most people that are probably doing it are not signing up. And this is why I think that I originally didn't like the idea of it was I thought I was getting asked clients that were like, is this the best way to get in you know physical shape for a look, like looking a certain way? I don't think most people that sign up for an OCR are like, hey, I want to compete on stage or I want to have a, a men's physique type of a look, and so I'm going to sign up for OCR. I think the cool part about training for OCR is that if you are training this way as a side effect, you're going to have a pretty damn good looking physique because of the attributes it requires to be good at it. You have a very balanced look to your body. It tends to be, uh, you're going to develop some muscle, not a ton. Mm -hmm. So you'll have less muscle, more athletic, 
good muscularity, lean athletic physique for sure. Yes, good leanness, kind of this well uh, overall developed physique. You can see it when you see someone like uh, Ben Greenfield racing. Not overly muscular, lean. Uh, you know, you, you could see the muscles are developed. You could see that the stamina is there. You just, I would say a good OCR racer ideally kind of looks like a good, well-rounded athlete. You just kind of look well-developed yeah. everywhere. And You're the, able-bodied. I, and the, and this, this is, I know, this is one of the other reasons why I think it's popular. I think people look at it and go, that's what I want to look at, look like. Therefore, I'm going to train in that particular way. Um, and, and, and I can't blame them. You know, it's training for OCR has to be the most, I would say, balanced form of training in terms mm. of physical attributes that I can almost think of, right? You, mm. You're kind of doing it all well, with your training. I mean, and not to like bring a whole new topic in, but it's like, it's fun. It's something that's totally outside of the box. You're literally outside. You're climbing. You're doing things that are just like outside of your normal experience. Like even in the gym setting, that can be somewhat mundane. And this is something that's like, whoa, you know, I can do all these like new, fun, cool things. Yeah. Now, here's one of the challenges. One of the challenges is, you know, I would get people who would say, hey, I want to prepare my body for an obstacle course race. Um, and I would always ask, just if you're a trainer, you always ask this question, right? Like, okay, what are your goals? What's your training history? And then what what kind of equipment do you have access to? Because if you have a massive obstacle course in your backyard, like Ben Greenfield does, I would say go practice your obstacle course race yeah. in the backyard. And unfortunately, that's super inconvenient uh, for most people. Most people just don't have that kind of access, but most people do have access to a gym and so I, you know, this is something that we thought a lot about. It's like, how would you train using the kind of equipment most people that have access to? How would you use that equipment to get ready for something as specific as an obstacle course race? Or how would you train your body to look like you're going to do an obstacle course it's, race? It's actually really not that hard. I mean, we what we did was we just listed off all the important attributes. Um, and then we, I, we even gave some examples of what some exercise would be like that. I think the, the key would be how you program it and you train it. You totally. Know, is, you know, learning to phase it and focus on specific adaptations within the program that, mm. okay, right now the exercise or the section or the phase or the, the day that I'm working through is focused on endurance today or at this moment. You know, and then I'm going to be moving over to something that's challenging mental toughness. And then I'm going to be moving over to something that's challenging my grip strength. Like, so what you do is you just, you are going to program exercises that are going to uh, target those specific adaptations that you, that you want for being a great mm -hmm. obstacle course racer, instead of just, you know, what I think the tend to people tend to lean towards if you, if you don't understand how to program that or, or trying to figure it out on your own, it's just like, like. What I see happening when, because I have you know friends and family members that have done obstacle course racing, and you know this is part of the motivation behind a lot of this, is you know I've had a lot of these people that are really close to me that actually aren't really into working out at all, but real really excited about obstacle course racing, and then decide they're going to get in shape for it, and their way of doing that is go to the gym, run a lot, and do circuits. You know, just a bunch of circuits. Like I'm just going to do, which is, which is probably better than nothing. Oh, absolutely, isn't, isn't great. Right, it's not great. There's a much better way to approach it. Much better way. Now, now we we did this. We actually got together with uh, obstacle course racing champion Amelia Boone, and we wrote a program called Maps OCR. But for the listeners listening right now, I'd like to talk a little bit about 
what they can do on their own in the gym to kind of help themselves out. And Adam talked a little bit about training specifically for strength or training for stamina, training for mobility. I want to start with mobility. This is an important one now. Mm. Mobility is important for any physical pursuit. It's especially uh, important for obstacle course racing because the number one thing that prevents people from doing well with obstacle course racing or the number one thing that stops people from training for an obstacle course race is injury. Yes. And so staying healthy. Mobility is super important if you're going to prepare yourself for an obstacle course race or you just want to work out and look like someone who's going to do an obstacle course well, race. Let, let's talk you better do with mobility. This is exactly how we actually got connected and met Amelia is we both have the same mobility specialist that helps us out. Oh, Dr. Uh, Justin yeah. Brink. I mean, that's, that's how we got connected. That's originally how we got connected to Amelia was we were when we were first meeting Brink and we were going to see him and he was really schooling us on a lot lot of this it was the same time he was already helping Amelia out. Mm -hmm. and that was that was uh in that was he had to do that in order for her to be successful at the level that she's been successful for because the amount of racing the amount that she's she's at the, at the level that she's competing well, you're at, just stretching your body the ranges of motion that you're in the, the the different angles nothing is perfect when you're racing in an obstacle course race it's not perfect form you're not in the gym working out when you're racing. You're climbing a wall. You're slipping on the ground. You're going underneath stuff that it's. No, there is no such thing as perfect form. You're getting through the best you can, and good mobility dramatically reduces the risk of injury and increases and improves your performance because you have greater ranges of motion that you control. Now, here's another one. Strength. Strength is – now, I know you're watching someone racing. You're like, what do you mean strength? I mean, oh, yeah, you got to climb stuff, but you need a lot of stamina endurance. No, you got to get this straight here. Strength is the physical pursuit that contributes to all the other physical pursuits. It's the foundation. I don't care how much stamina, endurance, uh, toughness you have. If you're weak, you're not making it past the first obstacle. No. It just ain't happening. You, you need to have strength because it makes you stable. It, makes you, it gives you better endurance. It gives you better stamina. It's going to give you better mobility. So you should have now, – now your whole workout shouldn't revolve all around strength. But you better have at least There's one. There's got to be components in there. Yes, one or two days a week of good general strength training needs to be implemented. Well, the truth in your is, routine. The truth is, it still should be the bulk of it. I the, mean, when you think about the the attributes that we covered, and like to your point, Sal, that the one that actually carries over to all of them is strength. Yeah, get strong. So at the end of the day, and you know, I always like to use, especially like, okay, you think of someone like, oh, you see them doing pull-ups and monkey bars so that, so you think, oh, monkey bars and pull-ups, that's going to be so important, so I'm only going to do tons of that stuff. You know, I, I see this every time I, I, I deadlift, right? Um, one of my favorite things to do is to go do pull-ups after I've done fucking heavy deadlifts. I've deadlift four or 500 pounds, and you know how easy and light pull-ups feel after you've ripped 400 pounds up off the ground? It's insane. Mm -hmm. If I go walk up to a pull-up bar and I just go jump up and I grab and I go to pull up, it's a, it's a bit of a struggle. I mean, pull-ups are challenging for most people to do, period. After I've got myself strong enough to pull 400 pounds up off the ground, pull-ups feel extremely light. So the value of strength training to carry over into all the other attributes and pursuits in obstacle course racing, I think is... You bet, yeah. You better have a strength component. Uh, you need to have some kind of a running component. You just do. Obstacle course races involve running. Uh, the race typically starts with a run. You have to run in between obstacles. If you suck at running, you're terrible at it, and you have bad stamina with running, yeah. you're going to have a tough time uh, doing well in the race. You'll get to your next obstacle 
totally gassed, exhausted, maybe hurt, and you're not going to do very well. But it's not just – so if you're doing this on your own, it's not just go out and run a, a long distance. That'll That's definitely better than nothing. No, I want to be a little more specific about this. Like – because I actually had to, uh, before we we created uh, Maps OCR, I actually was, you know, giving my brother-in-law and my buddies, like, instructions on what they should be doing in the gym. And one of the things that I, I had to get from them was I needed to go to figure out what race you're doing. So whether it be Tough Mudder or Spartan or whatever organization, you can look up and see the distance between uh, each obstacle. So... If the and the total distance of the race. So if the total distance of the race, let's just say, is a total of eight miles, and it's broken up in you know four sections, so you're never going to be running more than a mile or two at a time. And that's I believe the the sprint you don't even ever run more than a mile. It's like straight. half a mile usually, right? Right. So it would it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to train too long of a distance, mm-hmm. and you don't want to go so short of a distance. You want to you want to mirror what they're doing. So. I would have them run those in those in those blocks. So mm-hmm. if it was a, a mile a mile run in between obstacles, I would have him do mile runs and try and improve his mile run since that's what he's going to be doing. In right, the right. Yeah, and if there's elevation, you know, consider factors like that. Consider like if you can and there's accessibility to trails outside. You know, doing it out in the elements. That's another thing that you could have a little more specificity as you're going to plan uh, for your first race. You also need to be able to break your running up with uh, some type of a, an obstacle of some sort or mimic some type of an obstacle. It's right. not just running. It's like running. Now you have. To now climb, you have to do something or running and now you have to carry something which the interesting part when Amelia was describing it was she used a lot of the running as part of the recovery and so it was yes. a totally different mentality uh using the the cardiovascular component yes that's such a such a great point like the best racers the run is where they kind of gather themselves gather their mental fortitude and their and their stamina and then they go and do the obstacle so that's also very, very important. Here's another thing that's very important. We talked a lot about durability and mental toughness. You need to start creating daily practices that you do for yourself Mm. to toughen your body up. Now, one thing that we incorporated, which is so simple, which I'm going to share with you right now that you can do on your own that I think is phenomenal, is start to take cold showers. Start to get your body used to, every day, get used to acclimating to the cold. Because let me tell you something right now. If you're used to your air conditioned and, and, and warm house and you're working out hard and all that stuff, but you're not used to the cold uh, and you go on this obstacle and you jump in some freezing ass water, shell shock. <laughs> you're done. Your body won't move. You're, you're frozen. You can't move. And it takes the breath out of your out of your lungs. It takes your breath away. You would be so it's you know boxers talk about this like you know one good hard hit to the to you know one good hard punch and they lose 50% of the stamina. That happens to people when they're not able to acclimate to the temperature. Like you could be super fit, but you hit some cold elements or something or something too hot and you're gone. There goes your endurance, there goes your stamina, there goes all the physical attributes you train for, you're screwed. So you should have some kind of a daily toughening, you know, attribute. Maybe burpees or something in the morning. That's something else we put in MAPS OCR. Cold showers, another thing. You want some daily practices because really the only way to toughen yourself up, your workouts will do some of this too, right? But the other way that's going to help you a lot is to do something every day because that daily practice is what makes you tougher because you're practicing it so often. Um, Here's another thing that I'll say, and this we also included in our program. Test yourself out a little bit. Every... Every few weeks, because you should give yourself ample time to prepare for an OCR race, by the way. Don't be one of those people that's like, cool, I'm going to sign one up, sign yeah. up for one in four weeks. Uh, not a good idea. 
uh, high chance you may hurt yourself, or at the very least, you're just not going to perform very well and ha- not have a good experience. That's such a good point because this is actually more common than not, Sal, that this happens where someone decides they're you know somewhat kind of training or they're going to mm-hmm. do an obstacle course race, and then the first time they've actually even challenged their body and anything similar to that is that day. Is the race. Yeah. Which is also something I saw in competing that always blew my mind too in, in, in the bodybuilding world, even in men's physique. Um, I would have lots of practice weeks of what the diet would look like, what training would look like leading up to the stage before I actually got on the stage. Like I did not- You got to be ready. Yeah. And so I think in something where it's performance-based, it's even more important that yeah. you you have some sort of a practice or a test or a something that mim- mimics something similar so you, know, you don't have to actually literally go out and do an exact looking race, but if you know what types of obstacles are there, you know how long it is, you know about how long it should take you or you want it to take you, you know, you should have some sort of a test that you yeah. kind of revisit. Some sort of simulation where you could yeah, yeah. mimic it. And, you- and, and test yourself. Like every few weeks, test yourself and push yourself to that limit and get that mental toughness. Now, in the weeks that you do this, you probably want to scale back the rest of your workouts because you will challenge yourself quite a bit. And also take note of the kind of weight that these uh, organizations will require you to lift. I know Spartan has like a number, like men have to lift 35 pounds or something like that, and women 20 or whatever. So look at that so you can practice with the weight um, that they tell you to, to Well, to didn't, use. We, didn't we, in the uh, in this program, we inc- we had Amelia actually go through everything that, it, if you're a first-time racer, oh, yeah, that's a all big the uncertainties going into your first rate are pretty much dispelled in this section yeah. of Amelia's coaching tips. Well, well look, here, here's the deal. With MAPS OCR, it's all broken down. It's all written out and planned out for you. It's 12 weeks to get you from regular gym fitness person to ready for an obstacle course race. It includes all the stuff that we're talking about and more in detail. So there's daily practices. There are workouts around strength, around stamina, endurance. There's test weeks, um, all with videos and breaking down form and explaining everything for you. And then what, what you guys are referring to, Amelia Boone, who's decorated. She's, she's a, a very decorated champion. There's many videos where she actually breaks down all the questions like, what do I do on the day of the race? And what do I expect? What do I wear? What do I wear? How do I, what's the best technique? This is something that she taught us that I thought was fascinating. When you're swinging across like the monkey bar, you know, which is typically one of the obstacles involves you having to go across some kind of monkey bars. Her, her technique was, she goes, you're way faster if you keep your elbows bent. Mm-hmm. So instead of swinging down with your arms straight, keep them bent and go from bar to bar. And she's absolutely right. Go test this out yourself. Now you have to have a decent amount of strength. You should practice it but she'll go much faster. So she goes and she talks about all these different things, what to expect. Mm. She also talks about the differences between the different organizations because each organization has a different emphasis. Like some are going to emphasize more on endurance, other more on Specific obstacles and how to kind of like wrap your brain around the best techniques to apply, you know, for certain scenarios like that. So yeah, she went into great detail on a lot of these subjects. Yes, and, and look, at the end of the day, training to be fit enough to do an obstacle course race will look like a very balanced fitness routine. Now we talk all the all the time about if you had to pick one form of training, you should pick resistance training if you can only work out two days a week or three days a week. But if you have some time to work out four or five days a week you're, and you want to have a balanced uh, fitness profile and physique, then you want to incorporate a lot of different things in your training. And to be quite frank and honest, most average people find that the most fun. They find it most fun when they can do all those different things. So I hope this episode helps people out kind of construct that for themselves. But if you want something specific, 
We've planned it out. We wrote it out. We created an entire program. Well, this is probably this is probably when you talk about the fun and unique and challenging. This is probably the most fun and unique program that we'd ever written. I mean, I had a really good time uh, piecing this one together. We had a really good time when we did Strong too because that was so different. But this is even. I mean, with the daily practices in there, with Amelia's coaching tips in there, uh, we have te- first time we've ever done test mm-hmm. inside of a program. Uh, it's broken up and phased. I'm excited to see what people uh, how they share their times because the tests allow you to test yourself and see what your times are. Right. It'll be yep. cool to see people even just getting competitive to see. Oh, I'm at, that's why I imagine our forum is going to get crazy with that. You'll start seeing everybody posting what their times are on the yep. test. So yep. yeah, no, there's a competitive element that we add in there with that. So this one, this is of all the programs we've done, I think this was probably one of the more fun. Uh, and unique programs that we've created so far. And so I'm pretty excited. I'm and, excited. And we did, uh, there's two things we also did. We also created es- exercise substitutions for people who uh, don't go to a gym. Yeah. Like if you just have bands and dumbbells, you could prepare yourself for an obstacle course race at home. So we we also put it so that we may give you the best shot of doing this without gym access. And we also put a pre-phase for people who, haven't been working out. So literally, you could follow this program. If you're otherwise healthy, no major injuries or pain, and you're not super, super out of shape, but you're just not working out, you could take this program, start in pre-phase, and go from couch to race. So you could actually take yourself from normal, everyday guy or girl, start this program, start in pre-phase. It's 14 weeks if you start from pre-phase, and from beginning to end, including the tests, you will be ready for your first, or you should be ready for your first obstacle course race following this program. If you want to get MAPS OCR, by the way, here's what you do. Go to mapsocr.com, and we have a discount for you. Because we're releasing this program, it's brand new. We're going to give you uh, a big discount on the program. It's $30 off the retail price. So the code is OCR30, but that's not all. We're also going to hook you guys up with some more stuff. We're going to give you a free MAPS OCR t-shirt and the first 150 people to enroll in this program. So get hooked up with some gooder glasses. You get some gooder yeah. glasses. That's Those are the glasses that are sponsored, uh, that sponsor Amelia Boone. They're great, durable glasses. They look good. You'll get free glasses, free t-shirt, $30 off, MAPS OC, OCR. Hopefully you, you, you do this now when you listen to this episode when it drops because I think it'll, they'll sell out very, very quickly. Again, it's mapsocr.com and the code is OCR30. Um, and then again, you can find us on Instagram at Mind Pump Media or Mind Pump Adam, Mind Pump Justin, Mind Pumps Out. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.